Chapter twenty two of the Men in the Iron Mask by Alexander Dumas, translated by William Robson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Wounds within wounds. Mademoiselle de la Valliere, for it was indeed she, advanced a few steps toward him. Yes, Louise, she murmured, but this interval, short as it had been, was quite sufficient for Raoul to recover himself. "'You, mademoiselle,' he said, and then added in an indefinable tone, "'You here?' "'Yes, Raoul,' the young girl replied. "'I have been waiting for you.' "'I beg your pardon. When I came into the room I was not aware.' "'I know, but I entreated Alivan not to tell you.' She hesitated, and as Raoul did not attempt to interrupt her, a moment's silence ensued during which the sound of their throbbing hearts might have been heard, not in unison with each other, but the one beating as violently as the other. It was for Louise to speak, and she made an effort to do so. "'I wish to speak to you,' she said. "'It was absolutely necessary that I should see you myself, alone.' I have not hesitated to adopt a step which must remain secret, for no one except yourself could understand my motive, Monsieur de Bragelonne. In fact, mademoiselle, Raoul stammered out, almost breathless from emotion, as far as I am concerned, and despite the good opinion you have of me, I confess, will you do me the great kindness to sit down and listen to me? said louise interrupting him with her soft sweet voice bragelonne looked at her for a moment then mournfully shaking his head he sat or rather fell on a chair speak he said she cast a glance all round her this look was a timid entreaty and implored secrecy far more effectually than her expressed words had done a few minutes before raoul rose and went to the door which he opened olivan he said I am not within for any one. And then, turning toward Louise, he added, Is not that what you wished? Nothing could have produced a greater effect upon Louise than these few words which seemed to signify, You see that I still understand you. She passed a handkerchief across her eyes in order to remove a rebellious tear which she could not restrain. And then, having collected herself for a moment, she said, Raoul, do not turn your kind, frank look away from me. You are not one of those men who despise a woman for having given her heart to another, even though her affection might render him unhappy or might wound his pride. Raoul did not reply. Alas, continued La Valliere, it is only too true. My cause is a bad one, and I cannot tell in what way to begin. It will be better for me, I think, to relate to you very simply everything that has befallen me as i shall speak but the pure and simple truth i shall always find my path clear before me in spite of the obscurity and obstacles i have to brave in order to solace my heart which is full to overflowing and wishes to pour itself out at your feet raoul continued to preserve the same unbroken silence lavaliere looked at him with an air that seemed to say encourage me for pity's sake but a single word but raoul did not open his lips and the young girl was obliged to continue just now she said 
Monsieur de Saint-Aignan came to me by the king's directions. She cast down her eyes as she said this, while Raoul on his side turned his away in order to avoid looking at her. Monsieur de Saint-Aignan came to me from the king, she repeated, and told me that you knew all. And she attempted to look Raoul in the face, after inflicting this further wound upon him, in addition to the many others he had already received, but it was impossible to meet Raoul's eyes. He told me you were incensed with me, and justly so, I admit. This time Raoul looked at the young girl, and a smile full of disdain passed across his lips. Oh, she continued, I entreat you, do not say that you have had any other feeling against me than that of anger, merely. Raoul, wait until I told you all, wait until I have said to you all that I had to say, all that I came to say. Raoul, by the strength of his iron will, forced his features to assume a calmer expression, and the disdainful smile upon his lip passed away. "'In the first place,' said La Valliere, "'in the first place, with my hands raised in entreaty towards you, with my forehead bowed to the ground before you, I entreat you as the most generous and the noblest of men to pardon, to forgive me. If I have left you in ignorance of what was passing in my own bosom—' never at least would i have consented to deceive you oh i entreat you raoul i implore you on my knees answer me one word even though you wrong me doing so better far better an injurious word from your lips than suspicion resting in your heart i admire your subtlety of expression mademoiselle said raoul making an effort to remain calm to leave another in ignorance that you are deceiving him is loyal, but to deceive him it seems that would be very wrong, and that you would not do it. Monsieur, for a long time I thought that I loved you better than anything else, and so long as I believed in my affection for you, I told you that I loved you. I could have sworn it on the altar, but a day came when I was undeceived. Well, on that day, mademoiselle, knowing that I still continued to love you, true loyalty of conduct should have forced you to inform me you had ceased to love me. But on that day, Raoul, on that day, when I read in the depths of my own heart, when I confessed to myself that you no longer filled my mind entirely, when I saw another future before me than that of being your friend, your lifelong companion, your wife, on that day, Raoul, you were not, alas, any more beside me. But you knew where I was, mademoiselle. You could have written to me. Raoul, I did not dare to do so. Raoul, I have been weak and cowardly. I knew you so thoroughly. I knew how devotedly you loved me, that I trembled at the bare idea of the grief I was about to cause you. And that is so true, Raoul that this very moment I am now speaking to you, bending thus before you, my heart crushed in its bosom, my voice full of sighs, my eyes full of tears. It is so perfectly true that I have no other defense than my frankness. I have no other sorrow greater than that which I read in your eyes. Raoul attempted to smile. No, 
said the young girl with a profound conviction no no you will not do me so foul a wrong as to disguise your feelings before me now you loved me you were sure of your affection for me you did not deceive yourself you do not lie to your own heart whilst i i and pale as death her arms thrown despairingly above her head she fell upon her knees whilst you said raoul you told me you loved me and yet you loved another alas yes cried the poor girl alas yes i do love another and that other oh for heaven's sake let me say it raoul for it is my only excuse that other i love better than my own life better than my own soul even forgive my fault or punish my treason raoul i came here in no way to defend myself but merely to say to you you know what it is to love in such a case am i i love to that degree that i would give my life my very soul to the man i love if he should ever cease to love me i shall die of grief and despair unless heaven come to my assistance unless heaven does show pity upon me raoul i came here to submit myself to your will whatever it might be to die if it were your wish i should die kill me then raoul if in your heart you believe i deserve death take care mademoiselle said raoul the woman who invites death is one who has nothing but her heart's blood to offer to her deceived and betrayed lover you are right she said raoul uttered a deep sigh as he exclaimed and you love without being able to forget i love without a wish to forget without a wish ever to love any one else replied la valliere very well said raoul you have said to me in fact all you had to say all i could possibly wish to know and now mademoiselle it is i who ask your forgiveness for it is i who have almost been an obstacle in your life i too who have been wrong for in deceiving myself i helped to deceive you oh said la valliere i do not ask you so much as that raoul i only am to blame mademoiselle continued raoul better informed than yourself of the difficulties of this life i should have enlightened you i ought not to have relied upon uncertainty i ought to have extracted an answer from your heart whilst i hardly even sought an acknowledgment from your lips once more mademoiselle it is i who ask your forgiveness impossible impossible she cried you are mocking me how impossible yes it is impossible to be so good and kind perfect to such a degree as that take care said raoul with a bitter smile for presently you may say perhaps i did not love you oh you love me like an affectionate brother let me hope that raoul as a brother undeceive yourself louise i love you as a lover as a husband with the deepest the truest the fondest affection raoul raoul as a brother oh louise i love you so deeply that i would have shed my blood for you drop by drop i would oh how willingly have suffered myself to be torn to pieces for your sake 
have sacrificed my very future for you i love you so deeply louise that my heart feels dead and crushed within me my faith in human nature all is gone my eyes have lost their light i loved you so deeply that i no longer now see think of care for anything either in this world or the next raoul dear raoul spare me i implore you cried la valliere oh if i had but no it is too late louise you love you are happy in your affection i read your happiness through your tears behind the tears which the loyalty of your nature makes you shed i feel the sighs your affection breathes forth louise louise you have made me the most abjectly wretched man living leave me i entreat you adieu adieu forgive me oh forgive me raoul for what i have done have i not done much much more have i not told you that i love you still she buried her face in her hands and to tell you that do you hear me louise to tell you that at such a moment as this to tell you that as i have told you is to pronounce my own sentence of death adieu lavaliere held out her hands to him in vain we ought not to see each other again in this world he said and as she was on the point of crying out in bitter agony at this remark he placed his hand on her mouth to stifle the exclamation she pressed her lips upon it and fell fainting to the ground Olivan, said raoul take this young lady and bear her to the carriage which is waiting for her at the door as Olivan lifted her up raoul made a movement as if to dart towards la valliere in order to give her a first and last kiss but stopping abruptly he said no she is not mine i am no thief as is the king of france and he returned to his room whilst the lackey carried la valliere still fainting to the carriage End of chapter 22 Recording by John Van Stan, Savannah, Georgia